Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, good evening, church. Welcome to First Wednesday. Come on, put your hands together. I'm so excited to sing. Come on, join us tonight. Now the darkness fades into new beginnings as we lift our eyes to the whole beyond. Come on, sing with us. Our creation waits with an expectation to declare the reign of the Lord our God. All Bethesda, sing. We will not be when the earth keeps away, for the risen one is overcome. Come on! And for everything, there's an empty grave. And for the risen one is overcome. Come on! And now the silence breaks. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. As the heavens cry, let the earth respond. Oh, come on! Hey, yeah, all creation shouts with a voice of triumph to declare the reign of the Lord. Come on, somebody bring a praise tonight! Hey, we will not be moved when the earth keeps away. For the risen one is overcome. And for every fear, there's an empty grave. For the risen one is overcome. Are you thankful that the risen one, our King Jesus, has overcome everything? He's overcome death, hell, and the grave. He could not be stopped. If you believe it, sing this with us. Come on. He shall reign forever. Strongholds now surrendered for. us Jesus our defender he is Lord and he has over let this be a weapon sing he shall reign forever strongholds now surrender for the Lord our God has overcome who can be against us Jesus our defender he is Lord We sing. We will not be moved. I want to hear you. When the earth gives away, for the reason one is overcome. Every fear, and for every fear, it's an empty grave. For the reason one is overcome. When the earth keeps away, for the risen one is overcome, and for every fear, and for every fear, it's an empty grave, for the risen one is overcome, yeah. 
us compares. Come on, sing not to us, not to us, but to your name. We lift up all praise. Come on, not to us, but to your name. We lift up all praise. Stars in glory. Yeah, your love is like the wildest ocean. Oh, nothing else compares. You are the Lord Almighty. I shine in all the stars. In. Come on, lift your voices. Your love is like the wildest ocean. Oh, nothing else compares. Come on, if you believe that, just give God praise tonight in this house. Oh, come on, I believe something's about to break loose in this place. Impossible. 
Let's just lift our hands all over this place tonight. Let's do this act of corporate surrender together. Stretch your arms out to heaven and just connect with the Lord right now.
Come on, as one voice, sing this out with us. When nothing we could do could be enough From heaven's highest place you reach for us My sin is shame forever overcome Nobody like you, God, and there will never be. God, there's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God, and there will never be. Put our hands together as one roar of praise tonight. I believe things are breaking loose, walls are falling down. Our praise is a weapon, church. Your name is greater than any name I know. Your throne is higher. Yes, it is. God do you serve tonight church that's the question I want to ask each and every one of you the world tries to paint God in a different light they say they say all these things but our heart knows There'll never be anyone like him. There'll never be any 
God's not done with this moment. Come on, lift those hands. Let's sing this chorus again. Come on, from your heart tonight. Man, God is releasing something new in this house.
presence all day today. Tonight's going to be a very special night. When I said God is releasing something new, those were not words. I know when the Holy Spirit is speaking and he is confirming in a lot of ways that he's releasing something new in this house. Some of you don't know it just yet, but you're getting ready to leave junk from your past in the past, and you're about to step into a brand new season. Come on, slap your neighbor a high five and tell him it's a new season. Thank you, worship team. You may be seated in God's presence. If you guys don't mind, in this atmosphere, I'm going to ask them to go ahead and bring the podium over. I'm going to get right into the word. If we have time for an offering later, we'll receive it. If not, you can bring it up here and throw it down or take it with you, all right? I'm not moving past this moment. Let me just say... um, Welcome to First Wednesday. Welcome to Bethesda Church. I hope that you're ready for a word from God. Um, As I look back at 2017, um, mixed emotions, but as I look back over this past year, when it came to an end and we stepped into a new season, I'm not always like this, but I'll be honest with you, I was glad 2017 was over. Some of you can identify with what I'm talking about. It's kind of odd because when I think about the year, more people saved than ever before. More people called Bethesda Church home than ever before. More blessing on this house than ever before. More blessing on our personal house than ever before. But it was one of the most difficult years that I'd had in a very long time. And I felt really strange about that until I started hearing 
what other leaders and people of God said about 2017. Many of them were saying the same thing. It was a very difficult year. Though they experienced God's favor and God's blessing in a lot of ways, for whatever reason, it was a difficult and hard year to get through. I heard one preacher who I respect say, he said that 2017 was a difficult year because God wanted to show you the real you versus the you you project. When I thought about that, the tension that's created from who you really are and where you really are versus where you really want to be. And what that means is, is that 2017, for some of you, it means that God caused some junk to rise to the surface. And I don't want you to get nervous because God didn't bring all the junk to the surface to expose you, but he brought it to the surface to develop you. And some of you, if you were real honest, your attitude sucked in 2017. Did I say that? I wanted you to get the point. You had a nasty attitude. You complained all year long. You were upset all year long. You were tired and frustrated all year long. And if Jesus had lived with you in 2017 like you rented a house together, he would have moved out because his grace would have ran out on you. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. And as I thought about that and knew what God was putting on my heart to preach at the beginning of this year, um, I want to talk to you tonight about cultivating the kingdom. As I mentioned Sunday, when you first get saved, God does everything for you. There's a constant flow of blessing. There's favor everywhere you go. You're fired up all the time and and it's awesome. As I said Sunday, many of us that have been saved for a long time were jealous of you who have just gotten saved because we remember what it was like when we first got saved. But something happens when God begins to mature you. Something shifts when God says, I'm going to grow you up a little bit. I'm going to develop something on the inside of you. And when you look at the children of Israel, we know that our lives and our relationship with God parallels their story. But when the children of Israel were in Egypt and God brought them out and through the wilderness and in, into the promised land, it was miracle after miracle after miracle. But when they got into the promised land, the miracle stopped. And it's very significant because God does not want you needing a miracle every single day of your life. Because if you need a miracle every day of your life, it means that you have not learned how to function in the kingdom and work the word for yourself. And so as God develops you and as God brings you up, he will call some things to rise to the top that you got to deal with. And God will do for us what is outside of our control, but he has given us kingdom principles that become a blessing in our lives if we learn to operate 
in those principles. With that being said, you need to know that information only flows two ways. Information will flow either from a teacher or from experience. All right? There's only two ways information is going to flow, a teacher or experience. The problem was with that is that we have a generation, and I'm not picking on the millennials because it's not every millennial, but millennials have problems with authority. And it's not just pulpit authority, it's classroom authority, it's pulpit authority, it's parental authority, it's law enforcement authority. There is a problem with a younger generation with any kind of authority, and the reason that's a problem is because information only flows through a teacher or through experience. And so if you're one of those hard-headed folk that says, nobody is going to tell me what to do, that's fine, but you need to know that you have set your life up in such a way that you can only learn by failing. If no one can tell you what to do, then you're going to have to mess up to learn. And instead of receiving a teacher, instead of receiving instruction, instead of learning from someone else's journey, many of us have to live in a cycle of failure to start learning. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, let's speed this up. Let's speed this up. Now, we need to know that the Holy Spirit is a teacher. He has a role to play as it relates to the kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this in verses 9 through 14. It says, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, a lot of people say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, hasn't entered into the, and they stop. But I want you to continue reading this. It says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. For the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. few things stand out, but before we get to all of that, ten years ago I could have came up to this pulpit, I could have preached on the Holy Spirit, I could have laid hands on anything that moved and poured five gallons of oil all over this place, and everybody would have loved it. Because the culture was people understood the Holy Spirit. But now when we do those things, how many know we would leave half our congregation behind? Come on, are y'all in this place? We would leave them behind because it's not culture for people to know the Holy Spirit, hear His voice, understand His gifts, and live a life that, that is empowered by the Spirit. It's, it's foreign to many of us. The fact is, is that God gives us the Holy Spirit for a purpose. 
He doesn't give us the Holy Spirit so that you and I can do stupid stuff. He gives us the Holy Spirit for a purpose. A lot of people say things like, Pastor, I want to know God's will for my life. And the truth is, I don't know God's will for your life. There are certain things the Word of God tells me, and when we read them, it's clear. The Word of God tells me that if I'll humble myself, that God will, will exalt me. That's very clear in Scripture. The Word tells me to pray for my enemies, to, to do what's right with money. God tells me how to handle that. The Word of God even tells me how to treat my wife. But how many know the Word of God doesn't tell you who to marry? The Word of God, not only does it not tell you who to marry, it's not going to tell you which job to take. Right? What point are you making, Pastor? You better have a voice in your life. I am talking about the Holy Spirit. He wants to speak. He wants to direct. He wants to guide. But many of us, we live our lives as if the Holy Spirit is not alive. As if He doesn't want to direct our paths and order our steps. There are certain things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of a man. In other words, Paul is telling us there are some things that you have never thought about, things that you've never pondered, things that you've never saw, but he goes on to say God has revealed them by his Spirit. In other words, there are some things that are that they are in the dark right now because of 2017. You've had such a nasty attitude and you've been frustrated and you've been mad. But I came to tell you that in 2018, if you can put the past where it belongs, God is about to uncover his will, his steps for your life. He's about to order some things for your behalf. Man, I feel this so strong in my heart. And what we have to understand when it says God has prepared them for you, it doesn't mean God's going to do it. When you pray and ask God to do things, you need to know God does not get up and start doing stuff. He has already done it. When you pray, God, by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, starts leading you to what He's already prepared. Your healing is already prepared. Your deliverance is already prepared. Listen, you don't even have to create your destiny. Your destiny is already there for you. But it is the Holy Spirit that reveals our destiny, our purpose, and why we are on this earth. He leads us into what he has already prepared. When we pray, the Holy Spirit takes us to what has already been prepared. So we have to understand a couple of things about the kingdom. The first thing is Jesus' role. Jesus came to the earth. We understand that. And when we look at what Jesus did, we first of all, we understand that we were born into sin. How many know that you came here messed up? Wrong church, I guess. We're born into sin with an infectious disease that, that we, we know as sin. And sin dwells in the heart of man. That's where sin dwells. 
And the goal of Jesus, as we learned Sunday, was not to get you and I into heaven. That's what's wrong with the church. We think that it's all about heaven. Jesus never came just to get you into heaven. Jesus came to get his kingdom into the earth. But we got people, you see how we've been trained in religion? Where we think that it's all about getting there, but we're miserable until we get there? Jesus did not come just to get us to heaven. He came to bring a kingdom into the earth. And the kingdom of heaven has laws that govern it. How many know that heaven operates differently than the world? Completely different, completely a different set of laws. And there will be a day that we go to heaven and we'll function normally. It will be culture when we're in heaven. We understand that. But until we get there, we have to understand God wants to bring his government, his rule, his kingdom into the earth. And when I talk about culture, I'm talking about the activities that you do every single day without even thinking about them. For, for example, there's a lot of activities. I was going to mention eating, but some of us are not doing that. So um, that's probably not a good illustration. Uh, but when you leave here tonight... And you, you, you leave Bethesda Church and you go onto Route 92, whether you turn right or left out of here, how many know you're going to get on the right side of the road and drive? Why? Because it's culture. How many know if you did that in London, you're going to hit somebody head on? Why? Because the culture is to drive on the left side. So culture is the things that we do every day without even thinking about them. Heaven has everyday activities, and God wants those everyday activities in heaven to start becoming everyday activities in the earth. But he's got to find people in the earth that are willing to live by the Spirit because the Spirit empowers the kingdom, and in the kingdom there's no lack, there's no shortage, there's no sickness, but we have to start operating in alignment with heaven in order to bring heaven into the earth. Now, Jesus taught these everyday activities, and he taught these principles. I was taught that in church growing up, like many of you, that we get saved and then we keep what Jesus taught so that we can stay saved. That's what, that's what I was taught. But, but when, when, I, when I really think about the truth is, I didn't save me. Grace saved me. Salvation is not Chad Dingus's victory. Salvation is Jesus' victory. And the moment I start thinking that I'm going to keep my own salvation, that I'm, I can do enough to earn it or keep it, then I have stepped out of relationship and I have stepped into religion. And re religion is our attempt to get to God when the truth is God already came to us. How many are thankful for Jesus tonight? We're going somewhere, and it's going to be really good. When Jesus came and he died on the cross, we look at that, but we forget that he became sin. All right? A lot of times we read right over that. He became sin. The thing that has infected me, Jesus became. Think about that. And when Jesus died... Sin died. 
How many know Jesus defeated sin? He defeated the power of sin. When he died, sin died. And so he hung on the cross and he said, it is finished. And when he got up, Paul said that you and I got up with him. So when Jesus died, he left sin powerless and and he opened up a way for the kingdom to come into the earth through you and I because Jesus is the one who said the kingdom of God is within you. So this rule, this government, this kingdom, it's not out there, it's right here. But how did that happen? Because when Jesus came teaching, he's teaching about how his kingdom operates. And he would say things like, you guys, you know, you, you guys teach that it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but where I'm from, where I'm from, we love our enemies. You guys think it's about all that you can get, all that you can take, but where I'm from, the only way to increase is to give. And so he starts teaching these principles and these laws that are completely different than than the laws that we live in. And he's teaching these standards not so that you and I can maintain salvation. Salvation is the work of Christ. Jesus taught the principles of the kingdom so that your mind can be renewed to help you live by a different set of values. Paul talks a lot, I don't have time for this, but Paul talks about the renewing of your mind. How many know that the battle's right here? Your spirit's good to go. Your mind's jacked up. Man, I have said jacked up and sucked in the same night. God, please help me. Now, listen, when you're saved, you're born again. Jesus taught you got to be born again. How do you become a citizen of a country? Now, I know there's a lot of paperwork, and you go through all that, and it takes forever. Karen and I can tell you about that. But how many of the best way is to be what? Born in the country. So when you are born again, you need to know that your citizenship changed from the United States to the kingdom of heaven. You are now citizens. Not when you get there. You are now. You are citizens of the kingdom, which makes you, while you live here, how many know? we we just passing through. But while we're here, we're going to do damage to the enemy's kingdom. While we're here, we're going to turn this thing upside down. Why? Because we are ambassadors. What is an ambassador? An ambassador is sent from one country to another country to represent the country he's from and to represent the opinion of the country he's from. That means that I'm not representing Chad Dingus' opinion. I'm representing the kingdom of God's opinion. Big difference. Big difference. So the kingdom is a rule that begins in you, and God sends you to the world. Now, when it comes to the world, we don't talk the world into the kingdom. That's where we get in trouble. You go and be. Jesus didn't say you'll, you, you, you will do witnessing, right? He said you will be witnesses. That it's not something you're going to do, it's something you're going to be. So, Many of us, here's the big, big problem in church, our mouth is killing us. Because people we work with, people we go to school with, 
family members, they hang out with us and we talk about Jesus and all this stuff, but then they see what comes out our mouth. And, and we say the wrong things. We are, we are called to be light in the darkness. Now, light and darkness in the scripture is not the same thing you and I think of. We think light and darkness is a dark room, turn on the light. No, light in scripture speaks of knowledge. Darkness, all right, speaks of ignorance. So God said, I have called you out of darkness, I've called you out of ignorance, and I have brought you into light, I have brought you in the knowledge of my son Jesus. And that's what being light in a dark world. We are, we are to exemplify Christ everywhere we go. So as kingdom citizens, we don't just have to tell everybody about Jesus. We need to go out and be kind and be generous. Come on, somebody. Quit talking about how much you love God and start acting like you love God. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. Start acting like you love God. And Jesus is teaching how his country operates. The kingdom, though, is empowered by the Holy Spirit. To his followers, here's what Jesus said. He said, guys, I'm getting ready to leave. But I want you to know something. It's going to be to your benefit that I leave. Now, how many know after walking with the Son of God for three and a half years, they all thought, he's crazy. How can it be to our advantage that you leave? To make a long story short, I'll just put it like this. What was with them, God wanted to put in them. How does God do that? Through the Holy Spirit. But we have a dilemma. The Holy Spirit and holy and sin can't shack up together. See, that's, that's a problem. So Jesus comes, gets on the cross, and God says, my goal is to bring the kingdom of God into my followers through the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, he is holy, can't shack up with sin. So Jesus got on the cross, became the thing that keeps the Holy Spirit from moving in. And how many are thankful that there's plenty of room for the Holy Spirit to move in because of what Jesus has done? Now, these laws of the kingdom run contrary, contrary to my flesh. Think about this. Jesus taught the principle of forgiveness. Let's be real. There's a lot of times I don't want to forgive. I'd rather punch him in the face. How many of it runs contrary? Jesus taught principles of giving, and a lot of people are like, I don't want to give. I work hard for this. It runs contrary to what, what we are accustomed to. And, and so since these laws that he taught runs contrary to my flesh, I need power. Some people act like they don't need the Holy Ghost. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, you need the Holy Ghost. Don't say Holy Spirit. Say Holy Ghost. Scare him a little bit. You, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit working in your life. And, and when we think of the Holy Spirit, a lot of people only think of power. And we should think of power when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But he's not just power. He's not just a force. He is a personality who is extremely intelligent. The Holy Spirit has information and power. That's why Paul said, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart can understand. But he goes on to say, God has revealed them to us 
by his spirit. In other words, your destiny, a lot of times, I used to approach destiny um, like it was just this thing that I could never obtain. Like you're just chasing something, but you don't know what you're chasing. Does that make sense? Like you're going after something, but you, you, I got this big destiny. What it, I don't know, but I'm going after it. How can you go after something you don't know what it is? So Paul said there's things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard. It hasn't entered into the heart, but it has been revealed by the Spirit of God. Which means that I don't have to go out and create a destiny. It means that if I will live a life submitted to the Lordship of Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to, to lead me and to guide me and to order my steps, guess what will happen? I will step right into my destiny. I will walk right into it. I, I'll run right in to what God has called for me, called for my life. So we don't create it, we, we discover it. It's been there the whole time. The, the, the word revelation simply means an uncovering. So there's, there's a revelation God wants to bring to you. It's not that God is going to create something for you. You know what God's really going to do? He's going to pull back the curtain so you can see what he's already made available. But let's get real, 2017. Some of us, instead of being led by the Spirit, we got in all kind of mess in our mind, in our heart, in our relationships. We were doing everything but being led by the Spirit. In the Old Testament, there's a story about a prophet by the name of Elijah, and the Bible says it hadn't rained for over three years. And the Bible says that he put his head between his legs and placed his hands over his head. Now, a lot of scholars will talk about that moment as that is the birthing position. And I don't disagree that, you know, he, he wanted to give birth to something spirit. It hadn't rained. He needed God to move. But I also think that it speaks to the fact that Elijah was trying his best to tune out all the distractions. See, for many of you, I, I, today I got anointed and started writing, so I'm just going to read it to you. For many of you, 2017 became a year of distractions. You allowed people to take you down emotionally. You allowed the actions of others to bring you down. You spent the entire year tired. You spent the year frustrated. You don't know it, but God is about to move you past some of that because what happened in 17 is, is that you played right into the hands of the enemy and God allowed it to happen because he wants you to deal with you so that you're ready to handle the blessing in 18. But here's the thing you got to understand. If you don't deal with you and all the junk that came to the surface in 17, if you don't allow that pruning process to take place, you will, you will walk into 18 just as frustrated, just as mad, just as tired. But if you can begin to deal with you and prove to God that you can handle the blessing, God's got some things in 18 that he's about ready to pull the curtain back and allow you to step into it. And what God showed me is, is this. A lot of us, we got so distracted in 17 that we were pulled away from righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. 
And the kingdom is what? Righteousness, joy, and peace in the whole, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if we don't have righteousness, peace, and joy, that means we don't have any kingdom authority. See how quiet it is? You know why it's quiet? Because people are like, oh, Lord. I've contributed to my own pain. Contributed to my own mess. you got to understand something. Man, this is going to be so prophetic for some of you. When God wants to speak to you, there will be an assault on your senses. Some of you have stuff pulling on you from a thousand different directions. God is getting ready to speak and your spouse starts acting crazy. God is getting ready to uncover something and then you get a bill in the mail that you was not expecting. God is getting ready to show you something great and, two, and your kids come home with two Fs. 2017 for many of us was a year of distractions. But I want to say this, if you've been distracted lately, it is because the enemy knows that there is about to be an uncovering of what God has already prepared for you. There are some things that God is getting ready to show you that will blow your minds. And, and, and here, here's the thing. If it was a tough, tough year, and I'm getting that at almost everywhere I go, I, I think it was a year of pruning. I think God was taking his people that he's going to entrust some great things to. He took them through a season of pruning. A season where we had to deal with us. How many, how many, how many saw some things in your own life in 17 that you didn't even like? rest of you liars. God allowed you to see it, not to expose you, but to develop you. And as Elijah said, I'm going to get rid of the distractions, some of you this year, it is time to put down the distractions. Isaiah 30, 15 says, For thus says the Lord, the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Look at Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you, but watch this. You shall hold your peace. That's a word for somebody. God's ready to fight for you as long as you'll shut up and put your phone down. Man, I am so full in the tank tonight. See, God wants, to, wants you to know what he has freely given to you. And, and that is so important because if you don't know what's yours, you will spend your life chasing what's someone else's. See, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. The treasure is the Holy Spirit. The, the earthen vessel is the dirt. The Holy Spirit empowers God's kingdom in my life. But I have to be determined in 18 not to learn church culture, but kingdom culture. Let me explain. I can come to Bethesda every Sunday, every first Wednesday. I can even go to groups. I could do it all. I could learn how to raise my hands on cue 
I could learn how to say amen on cue. I could go through all the motions of it and still remain an atheist. I know this ain't popular, but you need to hear this. I can do all of that and still not be changed. Because Christianity, at the end of the day, is not about modifying my behavior. That's what's wrong with the church. We're into behavioral modification. We want you to become a better you. The problem is, is you're supposed to die. So it's not about, I'm going to become a better version of Chad. No, the Bible says that when I come to Christ, I am a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So it's not modifying my behavior. It's becoming a new creation. We're called to be different. But here's what you got to get. You got to, don't tune me out yet. I got some word for you, all right? If we are to receive a harvest of something, if we, are, if we are to receive a harvest, something first has to be seeded in us. I don't have time to do the whole teaching on seed, seed time and harvest. But if Jesus wants a harvest of himself, he has to plant himself in us. DNA is important. You know when they're trying to find out who baby daddy this is. <laughs> DNA is important, right? And they have tests that can say he's the daddy and he's not. Uh-oh, let's get out of here, right? They have tests that can show that because we know DNA is extremely important. But if I spent time with you outside of the 90 minutes on a Sunday, would there be any evidence that you're saved? Would the DNA test come back and let me know who your daddy is? And I'm fully loaded. The fact is we don't come together once a week to learn how to behave better. We are learning how to develop and cultivate the seed of God that is on the inside of us. See, when I ask God into my heart, something happens, something changes. I, I, I'm not just a better Chad, I'm a different Chad. I, I'm a new creation. And when you're truly, listen to me, don't, don't tune this out. If you're truly born again, it should be harder to go back and grab the old life than it is to live out the new one. In other words... You're trying to be mad and offended, but if you're really a child of God, you just can't get mad. You're trying to cuss, but when you cuss, it don't sound right. It sounds corny. Come on, somebody. You're trying to go back to the club and dance, and you break out in a church dance. Come on, somebody. You, you can't even sin right. Why? Because God has put his seed. Somebody's going to get it in a minute. God has put his seed on the inside of you, and when you end up in the wrong place doing the wrong thing, you don't even enjoy it anymore. 
Oh, somebody give him praise tonight. Mark 4 says, the word of God is seed. Right? It's seed that God plants. So if you pray and say, God, you know, I would really love a big oak tree in my backyard. I, I would just really love it. If God sends you an acorn, God answered your prayer. We're going somewhere with this. Why? Because that oak tree, the mighty oak tree, is in that acorn. So it's not just about Bible study and learning scriptures. We got a lot of people that know some scriptures, but we have to learn how to get seed for what we're believing for. If Karen is sick, I don't lay hands on Karen and say, God, please heal Karen. No, I speak back to God the seed he's planted in my heart, and God can begin a healing that doesn't start from out here, but starts from in here. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, water your seed. Water your seed. When I work the word, I can cultivate a harvest. So if you know how to work the seed, you can get a harvest. God wants to develop this seed. He wants to cultivate that seed on the inside of you. A couple things I want to hit. Hit your neighbor and say, give him about 5, 10, 15 minutes. All right. I'll try to land the plane. When God is developing us and, and the seed of his word, okay, because listen, the seed how many know the seed? It, Jesus is the seed. He is the Word. John said the Word was in the beginning, right? We know that Jesus is the Word. It, it, it's seed, not only of Jesus, it's seed of His kingdom. So He's trying to develop that and cultivate that in us. The problem is, is we have to understand, first of all, we have to understand cravings, all right? So how do I change my cravings? Because freedom is not just... You know, I don't want to do wrong anymore, and I really want to. I'm just going to make myself not do it. How many of that's not freedom? That's torment. So, so God doesn't just want you to have enough discipline that, you know, I, I, I really want that. I'm just not going to. And you're shaking because you want that so bad. All right? That's called torment. God wants you to get to a place where your cravings change. How many can handle that? Like your cravings act, like a great example. In February of, of last year, I decided I'm tired of being so fat. So I had to start changing what I was eating. Now how many know when you first do that, that's difficult. Why? Because you love pizza. You love the big old cheeseburger. You love the ice cream and the sweet tea and the regular Mountain Dew. Right? You love all of that. Why? Because that, that's the cravings. It was hard in the beginning, but four or five months went by. Guess what? Regular Mountain Dew tastes like sugar, plain sugar to me now. Like my cravings have changed. So God wants to change your cravings. When you get the Word of God inside of you, when you get the seed of God's Word inside of you, there is one purpose for seed. And that is to impregnate. The life, now I know mamas, don't get mad. 
You carry that baby, you got a much harder job, but the life is not in the womb. The life is in the seed. Seed has one purpose, to impregnate. All right? One purpose is to impregnate. Now, seed or word, the word of God is seed, is not meant just to inspire you, but it's meant to put something in you that creates a desired outcome for tomorrow. Let me say it like this. A year from now, you ought not be in the same place you are right now. Now, a lot of us say amen to that, but the truth is we were better off a year ago than we are now. Not, not beating you down. Hit your neighbor and say, he's not beating you down. <laughs> he is beating you down. All right. <laughs> Man, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be as transparent as 2017, I saw some ugly in here. In me. But we normally use our ugly and our mess to condemn ourselves. But what God showed me is, I don't want you to use your mess to condemn yourself. I want you to use your mess to show you where you would be without me. That went right over some of you. When you cultivate the seed of God's word, it has no choice but to produce in your life. When a woman gets pregnant, all the ladies can testify. When a woman gets pregnant, what's one of the first things that happens? Her cravings change. I want ice cream and pickles. That's really nasty, but I'll go get it. The cravings start changing when you start carrying something that is being cultivated on the inside of you. When, when, while pregnant, the seed is being cultivated in them, and now they want something that they didn't want before. Somebody's going to catch it spiritually. Even if you have an addiction, the answer is the Word. You're like, I got a drug addiction. I need some help. I'm telling you the Word is still the answer. Because once the Word, the seed of God's Word, takes root in your heart, it will start causing your cravings to change. Some of us, listen, we're mad, we're bitter, and we're offended. You know what the problem is? We need to get pregnant. You're not hearing me. We need to get pregnant. We, if you're mad and bitter and frustrated and worn out and all that stuff, it's because you ain't carrying nothing. Oh, somebody going to get it. Uh, my destiny is too powerful to be bitter over you, baby. You need to check yourself. I'm going somewhere. I don't have time. I'm going to lose my voice before the night's over. When you are carrying something, you're not going to stop every five minutes to rehearse the past, to stay stuck in the past. Why? Because you are carrying something on the inside of you that God is revealing to you. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, but they have been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Man, you're on your way somewhere. If you could just stop for five minutes and say, Devil, I see what you've been doing. I see what you've been doing. 
Cravings change when you are carrying something that will make you want something that you didn't want before. That means that if I'm carrying something that God has put in me, it means that I'm crazy enough to come out in frigid weather on a Wednesday night. Come on, you're here. You're, you must be craving something. I mean, they've already canceled school tomorrow, and you're still here. Like the same weather they canceled school for, we're out here praising Jesus. Why? There is something on the inside of me. There is something on the inside of me that God is cultivating. And it, it listen, some of us just need to slow down long enough to say, God, speak to me again. Give me fresh seed, God. Speak again. Let me know that I am carrying something greater than what I've been through. I'm carrying something more powerful than what I've walked through. Man, I feel this. Not only do you got to understand cravings, but the last point, y'all like praise the Lord. I've preached two services here. You got to understand kind. Let me explain this. We live in a world, let me explain kind like this. We live in a world filled with hate. It's the only way I could explain kind. We, we live in a world filled with hate. And, that, you know, that's, it is what it is. But the problem is a lot of hate that's coming from the world is from people who sit in church. See, when you get filled with the seed of God's word, your life begins to change. You start hating what you used to love, and you start loving what you used to hate. And the Bible has this principle that when we get born again, that we are born again of the Spirit, and we enter into God's kingdom. And I don't have time to develop this, but one of the words for spirit is the word bowels. I used to think that the Spirit was just like heart, but it's actually deeper than that. That your spirit is actually tied to something much deeper how many know a gut feeling can be real? Man, I have walked in rooms before, and I can't explain it to you other than to tell you the Holy Spirit deep in here said something is off in here. From deep within me, I knew that something was off, something wasn't right, and, and, and maybe you've been in that situation before where nobody else could see it, but you did. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit is deep within you. And when you sit, let, let me say it like this, when you sit under sound biblical teaching, talking about hate, there is no way you could ever be racist. Let, let me explain this. When God made Adam, he made a kind. Okay, watch this. He didn't make him as a male or a man. He made a kind at first. God made a kind after his kind. How many know we are made in the image and likeness of God? The kind that we're talking about is wrapped in all colors of wrapping paper. Yes, but, but it's still God's kind. To hate someone of a different color 
means that I am hating the image of God. I wish I had a church that understood what I'm saying tonight. One of the things that I am so, so desire is diversity. And we're starting to see it here at Bethesda. We're starting to see it. I hate racism. I don't know how any person could call themselves a child of God and be racist. Come on, somebody. Hate somebody simply for the color of their skin. But God made a kind, and then male and female, he created them. He took his kind, and he dropped them into gender. There was something about Adam that let everybody know who his father was. Because the scripture says he was clothed in God's glory. He wore his father's clothes. And it wasn't blue jeans and a t-shirt like I got on. He literally wore God's presence. But when Adam sinned, we know that he, he lost that. The Bible says that he realized he was naked. It doesn't mean that he realized I lost my blue jeans. He realized that I lost God's presence. I'm not clothed in the same glory I was clothed in. Through sin, he fell short of God's glory. He lost the characteristics of being God's kind. But how, how many are thankful that there wasn't just one Adam, but there's, the Bible talks about the last Adam. So Jesus came to restore everything Adam had lost. And look at this, this verse. It's when Jesus spoke to the storm and the storm obeyed him. And look at what they said, Matthew 8, 27. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? In other words, Jesus came to reveal what it looks like to be God's kind because we had lost the ability to be God's kind. As the seed of God, which you are as a follower of Jesus, that simply means that when you speak to things, they have to move. You're not wrestling with demons. You can tell them to get out. You are God's kind. Man, this year is going to be in a great year for this house. Look at this. I'm almost done for real. James 1.18. Of his own will he... He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a, that we might be a kind. What, what's that talking about? What, what, what's James mean that we are a kind of first fruits of his creatures? See, God made man after his image. Adam messed it up. Jesus came to restore it. The same thing they said about Jesus is what they should be saying about you. What kind of person is this? Everybody else is mad, yet they don't get riled up. Everybody else is offended, but they don't get offended. Nobody else can forgive, yet they forgive. Come on, that's the principles. That's the seed of God being developed and cultivated in your life. Because we have been raised, we've been made to sit down in heavenly places in Christ. The word to describe being born again is the word regeneration, which means that God regened you. You, worship team, y'all better come. I'm just going to keep preaching. You are not just a better you now. 
When you ask Jesus to save you, Scripture's very clear, you became a new creation. Why does the Bible use creature? Because the world has nothing to, equivalent to define you. The world has never seen anything like you. So we're not here just to learn church culture. Man, I got people in here right now looking at me like deer in a headlight because this, this is like, I know, but I, I'm, I'm believing that tonight you're going to jump up and grab it. Not, not just, just go by, I don't know what he preached tonight. I want you to get this. You are, as a follower of Christ, a new creation. You are the seed of God in the earth. God wants his government, his rule, and his authority to come into the earth through you. Yet some of us, we spent all of 17 and doing everything but bringing his kingdom in. Fought with your spouse. Stayed mad. You stayed tired. And I, in prayer today, I so strong because just as y'all know, I got four kids and three of them we had and one of them we adopted. But how many of the three that Karen and I had biologically, how many, there's always going to be a trace. I don't know if this is good or bad, but there's always going to be a trace of their daddy in them and their mommy in them. It may be my eye color. It may be my hairline. I hope not. Karen's like, please, Lord, let him have hair. Who goes bald at 25? Me? There's always going to be a trace of me in them. We have been born of God. We are different. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me, and everywhere we go, there ought to be a trace of our daddy. Man, I'm telling you, in your family, in your business, in your, in your relationships, there ought to be traces of the Heavenly Father everywhere you go. Why? Because we're born of God, and God is raising up in these last days. He's raising up a different kind of people that this planet has never seen before. We are going to usher in the kingdom of God. Listen, this thing is not going to get smaller. God is not in this digressing thing. God is, God is going to multiply this thing. And I'm not talking about just number. He's going to multiply his presence in your life. Some of you, you, you look at others and you're like, I wish I could, you know, pray like them or preach like them. But what you don't recognize is God's going to make you, he's going to cause you to lay hands on the sick and they recover. God's not going to have me come rebuke your child's fever. You're going to rebuke your child's fever. You're going to learn how to operate in authority. 2018, this is a grown-up year. This is a grown-up year. No more toss to and fro. Listen, listen, if you stay bitter in this season, offended, tired, mad, lack of passion, if you do it, I promise you, and I don't say this like I... Want you, to, want, want you to hear this. I, here's what you got to hear. You're going to miss your moment. You're going to miss your moment. Right before I came out, 
God said, I will. This is God. This is not Chad. God said, I will reveal the new as you let go of the old. We could take that another way. If I don't let go of the old, he's not revealing the new. New wine can't go in an old wineskin. It's not time to use our mess for condemnation. God brought your mess to the forefront in 2017 because he wanted you to look at it, see it, and realize what you would be without him. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for his grace in 2017. Do I have a church with me? Stand to your feet. How many receive from God's word tonight? Did you get something from it? And I just, I just, you got, it's time to get pregnant. I know that's weird for men to say, but man, you got to grab a hold of the word this year. Say, I ain't letting go of it for you, 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 anybody else. God's about to uncover my destiny. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. But it's been revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. Bow your heads all over this room. Close your eyes. No one looking around. I know it's a first Wednesday. But you may be here and not know Jesus. Not going to prolong it at all. You say, that is me. I need Jesus. I need his grace. I want to know him tonight. If that's you, would you just shoot your hand up right there where you are? Thanks for that hand, that hand, that hand. Thank you. Where else are you? Another one here. Thank you for that hand. Where else are you? Come on, your destiny's too important. Another one, God bless you. God bless you. Man, it's first Wednesday and people getting saved. I wish somebody would praise God in this place. Come on, we're going to welcome them into this kingdom we preach tonight. Every voice say, Dear Heavenly Father, come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. Reveal your kingdom to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give him a big God bless you tonight. Come on. Come on, you can do better than that. Yes. Woo. I don't want to miss this moment because there's some people, listen. It's a long message. I don't preach an hour ever, ever. Ever, ever. But I was so full tonight. And I, I, I man, I, I can't even stress to you the urgency that I sense for people tonight. Because this is your opportunity to leave the old 
so God can reveal the new. This is it. Eighteen, eighteen, man, prophetically, God's just given me stuff. It's a grown-up year. And in 18, listen, we are all in. I don't, I don't want to just dabble in the kingdom. I want to get fully into the kingdom. Fully in. I'm not saying that you, you're serving God in the world. I'm saying in the kingdom, there is no sickness. In the kingdom, there's no lack. In the kingdom, God has all the resources. In the kingdom, God's got your destiny. The kingdom has everything you need. Why do you think you've been so distracted in 17? The enemy has been trying to keep you out of the kingdom life. But this is our year, church. This is our year, church. This is our year, church. I'm going to ask my prayer team and staff to come forward. I'm going to come down. We're going to worship if you need prayer. If you feel like this was for you, it's your time to leave the old. So God can reveal the new. Don't miss your moment. Thank you for being here tonight. Come on, let's worship all over this place tonight. Don't let this moment slip away. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. Yeah. You have been so, so kind to me. Come on, sing it out. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I find, leaves and I deny. I couldn't hurt it, I don't deserve it. Still you gave yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God, yeah Oh, When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. Yes, it did. You have been so, so good to me. When I fell, when I fell, no worth. When I fell, no worth. You paid it all for me. You have been so kind. You have been so, so kind. To me, can we sing it out? Oh, the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, 
to sing this out again all over this place. I really feel in my heart that the Lord wants us to just sing to heaven that there's nobody like him. Just a breath, the world you can. 
There's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. And there will never be. Come on, don't let this moment slip you by. The Lord is here. When nothing we could do could be enough. From heaven's highest place, you reach for us. Oh, my sin and shame forever overcome. Oh, yeah. The grave was so. Touches us tonight. Heaven come tonight as we sing. There'll never be anyone like you. There'll never be anyone like you. There'll never be anyone like you. Come on, tell them.
the Father's nearness. The kingdom is within you. I sense his nearness, and again, I'm so, so thankful for his grace. When, when the Holy Spirit spoke that to me today about I didn't bring all the junk to the surface in 17 for you to live condemned, I brought it to the surface because I wanted to expose it. Listen, Jesus said that he wanted us to produce a lot of fruit. But the only way that can happen is through what? Pruning. That means that there are seasons where God will bring the junk to the top so that you deal with it. He can prune you, cut it off, prepare you for the... Some of you are getting ready to step into a brand new season of blessing. And, and, and 17, you know what it was about? It was about God bringing you to a place where he could trust you with the blessing. Because had he given you everything you desired in the condition you were in, you would have not handled it appropriately, and you would have thought you had something to do with it. He said, so I had to show you how messed up you are. That anything you get, it's his grace. You're not hearing me. Any blessing you receive, in, in anything that God brings you into, it's because He's better to you than you are yourself. 
We serve a good God. This year, we release the old. God reveals the new. We're all in. This is our grown-up year. How do you end a service like this? <laughs> Keep going. Preach it again. <laughs> Pastor Karen, you have anything? Something happens on the third day, January 3rd. I said Sunday, the third or fourth day of the fast, you'll sense something. And I don't know how to end it. i tell you what we'll do. I'm going to throw another one on the worship team. Can y'all lead one more song and we'll just let that be the dismissal? That way, if you want to hang out in God's presence, you can. If you need to go, you can. But how many are thankful that you came to God's house tonight? Amen. And thankful. Oh, you knew better than that. Let's give God a praise tonight. God bless you. in faith tonight. God of miracles come, we need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible, you're the God of miracles. Sing it out. And see the kingdom come. I lift my eyes. Oh, for the battle has been won. My God is faithful. Through everything. And every single word he said is true. Impossible, you're the God of miracles. This world is shaking, 
But you cannot be shaken My heart is breaking But I'm not broken You're making me new Your love is fearless Help me to be courageous To hold oh, There is nothing impossible Come on! This world is shaking But you cannot be shaken My heart is breaking But I'm not broken yet Your love is fearless Help me to be courageous To hold There is nothing impossible for the God Possible. You're the God of miracles. Oh, yeah. God. God of miracles come. We need your supernatural love to break through. Nothing's impossible. You're the God. Stop your love, God. Nothing can stand in your way. There's no mountain too tall, no valley too low. Your love is great. Let's celebrate God all over this place tonight, church. What an amazing time in his presence this evening. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Let's celebrate the lives that were changed in this place tonight. Yes. Church, thank you so much for being here on this special first Wednesday. I think we really started 2018 off in a really beautiful way. We'll see you all here Sunday morning. Y'all are dismissed. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.